0: We're located in the Markin Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Suite C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, welcome to uh, Calvary Devine. Uh, tonight, uh, I am, this is my night off. I'm um, trying to rest from the cactus fest. Uh, we did get to meet with the divine food pantry on Monday went and spoke with them and uh, I will talk to y'all more about that on Sunday Because I don't want to take up too much of Jimmy's time. One quick thing. I want to say um, Y'all can keep one of our brothers in prayer his dad went home to be with the Lord um, on Monday um, He had went into hospice and and uh he wasn't there for long Uh, but he's in heaven now he's with the Lord and and I know that's not easy to hear when you lose someone right off the bat but um, just keep praying for the family Um, and it's Veterans Day tomorrow on top of that he's a vet as well as Jimmy here in court anybody else served in the military we you know we thank you for your service and you know, we didn't get to do that Sunday, so, and today's the Marine's birthday. I'm surrounded by a Marine sandwich <laughs> with these two. Um, but Jimmy's here to teach tonight. Jimmy is uh, uh, one of the guys that uh, that I've had the pleasure to serve with at Grace Calvary Chapel. Um, he's the youth pastor, he's the assistant pastor. He took over all the work in order for me to be here. It went on on Jimmy, at some point, Jimmy will turn that over to somebody else, and. And maybe one day he'll plant. and uh, But we're just praying for that and see what God wants to do. In the meantime, he's doing just a, ma- a mighty work uh, there at, at Grace. And uh, the youth ministry has been growing by leaps and bounds. And um, uh, it, it is truly a blessing to have him come and teach. He's one of the few that I've, I've asked. And uh, he's my brother. And uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, so I'm going to let you go. He's going to be in the book of Jonah, chapter 2 book of Jonah chapter two so if you want to go ahead and turn there and and Jimmy will come up and pray and get started it's a pleasure to be here with you guys Uh, I know the first time I came out
1: um, we we studied from the book of Psalms and uh, I just love what the Lord is doing right he's doing all kinds of work in our lives and uh, we actually taught I taught this at Pastor Roy's church this past Sunday and uh, I just you know it was a good teaching just thank God for it and I wanted to share it with you guys also but uh yeah we'll be in the book of Jonah chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 so it's the whole chapter so don't freak out think it's you know 65 verses or something like Jeremiah has it's just 10 10 verses here but I'm going to read um, the word of God and then we'll open up in prayer um, so if you can stand I would invite you to stand just to honor the word of God. Uh, If you can't stand, it's all right, I understand. My wife just (laughs) sprained her leg somehow on the way over here, so we'll be praying for her right now. Um, But the word of God says in in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I call out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up, brought yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and had vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you once again, Lord, glorifying you and exalting you, thanking you, Father God, for this time. And we just ask that you be with us, Lord God, tonight, that, Father God, all the words that come out of my mouth are from you. Father, I'm just the instrument, and you're the one that does all the heavy lifting and all the work, Lord. So come and have your way here in this place, Lord God. May our hearts be fertile ground for your word to fall upon and take root, Lord. And may we continuously um, just continue to, to... water that word and to feed that word lord god ourselves lord by reading and by studying and by by having that relationship with you lord father i do lift up my wife lord i pray for her leg those tendons that that muscle whatever it was uh she took that step lord god and we just realize how these bodies are failing us lord god and we look forward to the day of just having that eternal body lord god in your presence lord boy i do lift her up lord i pray for her i pray for everyone here lord god and that is watching lord just continue to have your way in us and through us lord we love you we thank you and in jesus name we pray amen amen you may be seated thank you so um i titled this praying god's word and for those uh that like to take notes broke it up into three parts uh first part prayer believed which is verses one and two prayer sent verses three through nine and prayer is accomplishment verse 10. so you might think those are a little you know out of order prayer believed, then prayer sent and prayer is accomplishment but they're not and as we study it um what we'll see right we'll understand why but uh it is wonderful to be here again i do enjoy coming out here with my brother mike and and seeing what the lord is doing in his life and in his family and in the church that he has led him to plant here. And uh, I know Mike mentioned it again, so I guess it's coming, babe. Uh, when we were at Roy's church, uh, when we were at Roy's church, Roy mentioned it too. He's like, you know, we've been praying for Jimmy uh, that the Lord would lead him out to plant his church. And uh, whatever God has, right? You know, whenever and, and whatever. And, and so all I know is my wife's on board with me now. <laughs> uh, probably about a year and a half ago, she was like, mm, no, no, no. But it, it's totally different now. And I praise God for that because he's the one that spoke to her. He's the one that, that moved in her heart, right? It wasn't me. I mean, I, I could try, but it wasn't me. It was just the Lord, you know. And one day she just comes to me and she was, I'm ready. Whatever God has, I'm with you. And that's all I need. That's all I need. Of course, the Lord, but all I need is my wife. And that's all I need is my wife on my side, by my side, with me, and, and I can do anything. You know, I'll, I'll take off um, because she's my helper. The Lord gave her to me from the very beginning. We came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives together in the same day. So... Without her, I don't know where I'd be. I, Cause I know I wouldn't have answered that altar call that day. So um, I do. I am super grateful for my wife. I'm so glad that uh, I think I'm big and bad and strong. And of course, a lot of that stems from being a Marine, but uh, I know I'm not, I'm super weak, but my wife's there to always lift me up and help me and to encourage me to hold my hand, you know, and everything else. So. I do thank God for that. So, you know, whenever that time does come, we know we're ready. We know uh, our faith is, is in the Lord to, to lead us and to guide us, right? Um, so let's, let's get into this teaching, right? So verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. So verse 1 says that after being swallowed by the fish, then Jonah prayed. Very important, right? if you're familiar with the book of Jonah, if you're not, you know, read it tonight, takes you 15-20 minutes, only four chapters, but chapter one was all about Jonah running from the work of God, from the call of God, right, he was protesting, chapter two is praying, chapter three is preaching, chapter four is pretty much pouting, right, if you want to read it, you know, thinking about that, but um, so verse one, he didn't pray for the people of Nineveh, right? The Lord called him to go over there. He didn't go over there, but he didn't pray for him either. And then he's in the ship and this big, crazy storm comes. It's about to break the ship up, sink them, kill them, drown them. He doesn't pray for the sailors. They're scared and they're praying themselves, but he doesn't, right? And not until he gets tossed into the ocean, right? Picked up and hurled into the ocean and the fish swallows him. And now he's in the belly of the fish, and as that fish submerges to the bottom of the ocean, the word of God says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, right? With this short verse, we see Jonah's heart condition once again. All of verse, uh, excuse me, all of chapter one, we saw his heart condition. It was hard, it was callous towards the people of Nineveh. It was hard and it was callous towards the people In the the sailors in in the ship. He didn't care for anyone else but himself. And now that he's finally in some deep trouble, now we see him once again praying, but he's praying for himself, for number one, right, for him. And too many times in our life, we're like that. We wait to the extreme to start to pray. Then we pray. Why? Why, though? I know for men, it's because we think we, got, we can handle everything. I, I know that's my biggest thing. I got it. I got it. No, I don't got it. And then I pray when everything's falling apart. But see, I'm learning because I'm not perfect, right? And I'm getting there. But I'm learning to pray first, right? And so that's pretty much all this teaching's about just praying and then praying God's word, praying the word of God in our prayers. And I want to show you how Jonah. Prayed that in these verses here. Right. So he prayed after being swallowed. Right. he Now he's praying. And the issue of not praying. Wasn't a lack of belief in God's ability. To answer prayer. That's not why he didn't pray. The issue was Jonah's attitude. About his prayer being answered. Okay. He didn't want to pray for the Ninevites. Because he didn't like them. He didn't want to pray for the sailors because he was cold and callous. He didn't care at that time. So it wasn't about him not believing in God answering the prayer. In a way, it's like he knew the prayer would be answered. Okay? But going back to chapter 1, one of the reasons for Jonah not going to Nineveh was faith in God. Yeah, he was scared and everything else, but there was he didn't like him. But there was also that faith in the Lord that that faith that God would restore and forgive those people. And, and see, Jonah just didn't want that. What a horrible attitude for a Christian, for a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a, what a horrible attitude to have as a believer, right? As a follower. And so I want to ask, you know, or uh, let me backtrack. I dare say that there are many times we don't pray for others because of their faith, because of that faith, I'm sorry, or because of their faith, what belief they're in, their political party, the wrongs they, have, they may have done to us. Right? I mean, that's quite honest right there. We don't pray for those people. Or they take office, and we don't, oh, I don't vote. I'm not going to pray for them. I didn't vote for them. And that's not what God calls us to do. That's not how we're supposed to pray for each other or not pray for each other. There's, It doesn't say that in the word of God, only pray for someone when they're, you know, totally agree with you. No, come on, there's no way, there's no way. We have, how many times do we have this attitude though? We have it quite often, I'll be the first to admit. We have it quite often, really, really often. How many times do others ask for prayer and yet we only pray for our needs or our wants or for the ones we like? or for the ones that haven't wronged us, so to speak. And so we need to be careful with that. We can be just like Jonah in that he didn't like the Ninevites so he didn't go over there and he didn't pray, right? He didn't pray for them. He didn't pray for the sailors, right? How many times does this happen in our lives? We just need to be careful. May we take this lesson to not be like Jonah here, but to pray always. First Thessalonians 517, one of the shortest verses in the Bible says, pray without ceasing, pray without stopping, pray all the time. One of the shortest verses in the Bible. Shortest verse is probably uh, John 1135, Jesus wet. It's probably the shortest verse in the Bible. But let us be followers of Jesus Christ who constantly, consistently pray at all times for all peoples. Jonah knew how to pray. The following verses are proof of that. Verses 3 through 9 are proof that he knew how to pray. The language in verses 1 and 2 show the faith he had in prayer. He prayed believing in God's deliverance, not knowing how, but believing it would come. That's why I titled this first part, Prayer Believed. He believed. He believed in what that prayer was going to come and do. He believed in God that he was going to deliver him. So it was a prayer believed before he had even uttered it out. It's prayer believed. Verse 2 speaks of Jonah's prayer being answered. Right? He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. He hadn't even done the prayer yet. But what is he saying? You heard my voice. You heard my voice. So Jonah calls for God out of his sarah which is the hebrew word for distress it means tightness adversary adversity affliction anguish tribulation and trouble it can mean all that it is very important to note that jonah prayed according to the bible or in other words he prayed scripture in his prayers how did he do this did he have scrolls of the old testament with him in there you know He's in there in the belly of the fish trying to look up these scrolls. Well, it says here in Isaiah, no, of course not. He didn't even have a candle. He couldn't have had a candle. He couldn't have had scrolls, right? He couldn't have had any of that stuff. So what's the point I'm trying to make is we're not gonna always have a Bible with us. We're not gonna always have an electronic device. We're not gonna always have Wi-Fi. We're not gonna always have reception. Times are coming where we probably won't even have, be allowed to have Bibles. And I believe those times are coming. So what's going to go on? How are we going to know the word of God? How are we going to share the word of God? How are we going to pray? How are we going to go back to the word of God? We're going to do what Jonah did here in the belly of the fish. The answer to these questions, you know, of course, he didn't have a candle. He didn't have scrolls with him. But what happened is Jonah had the word of God written on his heart. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen 18 says you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes that's God telling us how to have the word of God how to have his word in our hearts that's God telling us and that's why it's so important to read the word every day you might not utilize that, those scriptures you 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 read that day for that day but you never know when something comes and you're gonna be like man I can I can take care of this because God's with me Philippians four thirteen says and and boom and there you go and that's why it's so important to have the word of God in us all the time we need to always be reading it having have it at the ready have it at the ready all the time you got to remember Jonah this isn't the first time God called him to do something. Jonah was a prophet. Jonah had been used by God before. He knew the word of God. He knew the word of God. Okay, it wasn't the first time that he called me. he go to Nineveh, oh man, I've never done anything like that. No way. No, he had been called before. He had been used before. So he knew the word of God. So we should have the word of God written upon our hearts, ready for use in the time of need. Jonah calls upon the book of Psalms heavily here in verse 2 and the remaining verses of this chapter. I called out to the Lord out of my distress comes from Psalm 18, verse 6. And that, that verse reads, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. By faith, Jonah prayed. He believed in the prayer that was lifted up unto the lord because it was prayer based in scripture and being scripture it was according to god's will jonah believed in the prayer that was being sent and as we continue into our second point here prayer sent right so in verses three through nine jonah prays his prayer and in verse three it begins with for you cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas And the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. So in verse 3, Jonah prays the line, For you cast me into the deep. Of course we know that it was the sailors who physically hurled Jonah into the sea, right? But Jonah is acknowledging God's sovereignty as he worked through those sailors. Okay? This reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. The model prayer, the Our Father. Um, I don't know, it goes by several names, Pastor Bill um, at the men's retreat called it something I had never heard it been called before. He called it the disciples prayer. And that was new to me. But the part of it reminds me of is this, your will be done. Verse three is borrowed heavily from Psalm 42, verse seven. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. So Jonah is acknowledging or acknowledges that he hasn't been and still isn't out of God's hands right and so in a way he's acknowledging your will be done your will be done I mean what else can be getting done I'm in the belly of a fish at the bottom of the ocean your will be done Lord your will be done right and as we continue sometimes by our actions and decisions we may feel as though we were we are driven away from God's sight right I'm sure we've all felt like that at one time or another and then the enemy comes and starts telling us, you know, that we'll never be forgiven, we'll never be used again, you know, or whatever. He just spouts all kinds of lies at us. But we do feel that by our actions and decisions, we may feel as though we are driven away from God's sight. And that's not true. We may feel like this when God allows trials our way. Right? We may, right away, we start feeling, why did God allow this? He hates me. He doesn't love me, and then the enemy comes in again, and it's just simply not true. In verse 4, Jonah quotes from Psalm thirty-one twenty-two, and that psalm reads, I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. So verse 4 says, "What? I, then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. There comes some faith there, right? Jonah's being very real, okay, and as prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. In our relationship with the Lord, we should be very real. Because in our relationship with one another, especially as spouses, don't we want to be real with each other? And don't we want one another to be real with us, right? Tell me what's going on. Tell me. You can talk to me. Come on. That's like one of the worst feelings in a marriage. When, when that spouse won't open up to you. It's one of the worst feelings. But once you guys are able to open up and truly lay everything out and start working at stuff, man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And that's the same type of relationship we need to have with God. We need to be able to come to him with everything, anything. With anything and everything. He wants to hear it. He wants us to have that faith in him, Right? And so Jonah's here, he's pretty much crying out, right? He says, then I said, I'm driven away from your sight. I'm driven away from, you know, how many times have we said, Lord, where are you? Where are you? But then his faith kicks in, right? And he says, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. So that phrase there, to look upon your holy temple, it refers to the ancient practice of praying towards the temple first kings chapter eight verses 38 and 39 the word of god reads whatever prayer whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people israel each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hands towards this house then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know according to all his ways for you You only know the hearts of all the children of mankind. So Jonah is calling upon the Lord, right, in his dire circumstance. And he's trusting, according to 1 Kings chapter 8, he's trusting that God's going to hear him and forgive him. Because God knows our hearts, right? And that he will once again, by faith, be able to look upon his holy temple. And as we continue here in verse 5, verse five reads, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. So we can certainly relate to Jonah here, right? I can. I can't swim. So I don't know how I passed Marine Corps boot camp, but I did. The packs float, so that's kind of how I use that. But I can't swim, and... Uh, i not ashamed to admit it. I'm scared of deep water. You know, I'll walk out there as far as I can and my girls are out there playing in the waves and in the ocean and I'm out there, I don't know why. I think I can protect them, I guess, I don't know. So I'm out there and they're diving into the waves, you know, and, and they're hitting my chest and they keep getting higher and higher. You know, we're walking further and further and I'm like, man, you guys wanna turn around? You know, but of course, I'm not gonna say that. So I'm just out there with them they keep going And I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for one of them to be like, oh, I'm tired. Let's go back to shore, you know? Because as soon as one of them says, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. You know, yeah, Clarissa's tired or whoever, right? Blame it on one of them. So that's me. So I can relate to Jonah like, hey, man, that water is getting higher and higher as we're walking out there. And I'm getting a little, you know, scared, you know, and then seaweed route comes around my leg or something. You know, I'm like, oh, man, what is that? Let's go. Let's get out of here. But that's in daylight. Can you imagine being in the belly of this fish, pitch darkness, pitch black? Can't even see your hand in front of your face, you know? And he, I guess there's seaweed and whatever else in there. And and I don't know, you guys, you're in the dark and something brushes against you. Oh, man, what is that, right? And then the stench in there, right? Whatever's going on in there and maybe the gurgling and burbling of the the stomach right what is that noise what else is in here with me so you can kind of be like man the water's closing over me to take my life The deep surrounding me weeds are wrapped around my head so jonah's pretty freaked out right he's pretty freaked out as any of us would be but we can relate to him right and he draws upon psalm 69 1. Where the word of God reads, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. When I am in dire need, sometimes the only word or words out of my mouth are Jesus or Lord, help. So for me, it's encouraging to know that God not only hears these prayers, but it's encouraging to me to know that others have also been at a loss for words (laughs) or something don't have the time for a full-blown prayer it's amazing and encouraging to me to know that god hears that right it's an earnest cry it's an earnest cry from my heart oh god help me lord i'm so scared i don't even know what else to say but all i know is jesus jesus or maybe you're on the other end of that you're so angry the only thing you want to say is Jesus, because you know, you know some other stuff might come out. You're like, Jesus, hold my tongue, right? Jesus, keep my hand down. As people drive and cut you off and do silly stuff, you know, like I had a little incident earlier, and not my proudest moment, this truck driver, you know, and then I cut in front of him, stay staring at him, and Steph's like, babe, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You're being super dumb right now. So we prayed. We prayed at the house. I was like, Lord, man, I'm a moron sometimes, you know. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm glad I didn't do anything else, not justify myself. I'm just glad it didn't escalate any more than that. Right? But sometimes we just gotta, Lord, help me. Lord. Zipper my mouth, please, right? Do something. And so that's what's going on with Jonah, right? He's just crying out to God. He's earnestly crying out to God. And, and it's encouraging, like I said, God hears him, God hears us. And it's encouraging to know that, hey, you don't got to be this 15 minute prayer, you know? Man, this, this, this person prays and. Sounds like angels, nah, 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 you don't got big words like mayonnaise, you know, in your prayer and all that stuff. You don't got to do all that, right? It comes from the heart. What's in your heart? Like, Lord, I need you. I need you, right? God knows our hearts, amen? He knows our hearts, praise God for that. And as we continue with verse 6, it says, At the roots of the mountains I went down to the land whose bars close upon me forever. Yet, here comes that faith again. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. So in verse 6, we have Jonah going down as he did in chapter 1. Chapter 1, he went down, down, down. He kept going down. And in Hebrew, going down is a euphemism for for dying, for death. But he was doing it on his own accord, right? He wanted to do it. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. He went down into the innermost parts of the ship and went to sleep. And it's almost like God is saying, you want to go down? You, you want to die or get as close to death as possible? I'm going to show you. I'm going to take you there, Jonah. The fish swallows him, goes all the way to the bottom of, of the sea. And Jonah's saying that he's at the roots of the mountains, where the, where, the, where the land begins to come up out of the water and form mountains. That's where Jonah's at, way down there. Pretty much like God's telling him, hey, this is the closest to death you can get without dying. This is it, Jonah, because I want to show you something. I want to show you something, all right? And so it's almost like, like he said, like he, he took him all the way down. So I'll take you further than what you wanted to go, Jonah. Jonah knows that he is very deep in the sea. He is literally sitting where the mountains begin under water. The land Jonah is referring to here is Sheol. In Psalm 30, verses 2 and 3 says, O oh Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. So Jonah, of course, wasn't in Sheol. He wasn't in there. But he acknowledges how close to death he is and how his rescue can only come from God. How his rescue can only come from the Lord. He, he's acknowledging that. He knows that. He probably knew that all along, but, (laughs) you know, he's really acknowledging it now, right? Because there's no other way. There's no other way he could get out of this that he could say, it was me. Someone else saved me. No, that's it. Only God could save him at this point, right? And then as we continue uh, with verse 7, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple, so the last bit of verse 6 and all of verse 7 has Jonah praising God for his deliverance. Now, as I was putting this together, I thought, how many times do I just praise the Lord for my deliverance, for my salvation? Just because. Just because. Just because, why not? Honestly. Why shouldn't I? Just because. I wake up in the morning. Oh, I'm still here on earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for another day of life. Thank you that, you know, I know I'm alive because this leg is hurting me again and, you know, I'm all groggy and I really don't want to get up, but I'm going to do it. Thank you that you gave me another opportunity to serve you, someone to talk to, someone to share you with, someone, you know, to, to preach the gospel to. My life with my wife and my children to share again, you know, to see and see what's going to go on today with them. Thank you. Thank you for that. How many times, though, do we thank him for our salvation just on a daily basis, though? Man, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for doing all the heavy lifting. You did everything. You did everything. You even gave me the understanding of why I needed salvation right you do everything God you do everything he's so awesome so the last bit of verse 6 and all of 7 have Jonah praising uh, God for his deliverance right Jonah can praise God here for his salvation for he knows it is not deserved but by grace alone Jonah didn't deserve to be saved did he no and I'm not saying hey let's be judgmental of Jonah because hey I'm not I'm not deserving of it myself. None of us are. But Jonah here in this point in time, I mean, he ran from God's calling. He, he totally took off in the other direction. He did everything contrary to the word of God, to what God was calling him to do. But not, he's coming around, right? And he's like, man, he praises the Lord for his salvation because he knows That is not deserved, but by grace alone. And he trusts in God before the answer came because of the assurance in God's word. He trusts in God before the answer came because of the assurance in God's word. Second Chronicles 30 verse 27 says, Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. It's the Lord's habitation, right? The prayers came up to the Lord verse 8 those who paid regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love kind of kind of weird scripture right in the middle of praying just kind of throws that in there what's going on here so when you first come upon it you think oh okay jonah's referring to the sailors back in chapter one right because they offered sacrifices to their idols and to their gods and they all took turns praying to their individual gods and none of them saved them you know so then they were like which god has left well, this guy wake him up see what God he serves and that's pretty much what happened right but it kind of seems like Jonah's throwing out there but there's always a, a a second or even you know a bigger meaning behind it with the Lord right so verse 8 begins with an outright reference to the sailors but in studying this we see the deeper reference to Israel so in 2nd Kings chapter 17 verse 15 the word of God there reads They despised his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and the warnings that he gave them. They went after false idols and became false, and they followed the nations that were around them, concerning whom the Lord had commanded them that they should not do like them. So yeah, these sailors were going after vain idols, but then they turned to God at the end of chapter 1. The people of Israel began walking with God and time and time and time again they turned away from God right and so it's kind of like God speaking to the people of Israel at the same time that he's talking to Jonah okay and I'm reminded once again of the Lord's prayer once again this portion of Jonah's prayer reminds me of forgive me of my trap my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me So going back to chapter 1, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because of the wrongs committed by the Assyrians against his people. And so holding on to that unforgiveness to Jonah was like serving an idol. Too many times we serve these idols in our lives. They range, you know, the, the, the list can be great, can be huge. And I don't mean it to be exhaustive, but... These are some in my life here. Unforgiveness, anger, hatred. When we feed this idol of unforgiveness, of, of anger, or of hatred, or whatever it may be, when we feed that idol, we feed that, and we do what that wants us to do, instead of our walk with God. You understand? It can be like an idol in our lives. Unforgiveness tells us, don't look at that person. Don't befriend them anymore. And that's what we do. Oh, they're walking this way, and we cut the other way, or whatever, however it may be. And that can be an idol, so to speak, in our lives. We're feeding that idol. We're worshiping that idol. We're serving that idol. Instead of tuning in to God and walking with him and, and feeding that relationship with him, strengthening that relationship with him. So those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. It's not just to those saviors, or speaking about those saviors, speaking to the people of Israel and to all of us who from time to time take that thing and place it in front of God. I'm not going to go to church, so and so there. No, no, or I'm not going to share the word of God with them, man, they parked in my parking spot, or, you know, just whatever, whatever it may be, no, that's not how it should be, man, that's not how it should be. Verse 9, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. So verse 9 begins with pretty much Psalm fifty fourteen. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. We read here how Jonah repents from running from God and he turns or, you know, returns to God with thanksgiving and sacrifices. Personally, I believe Jonah uttered here what many of us, if not all of us, have at one time or another. Lord, if you save me, I'll serve you the rest of my life. I don't know if you guys said that. I did I came to God a mess, right? And you know, I'm not trying to outdo anyone, or oh, my testimony's, you know, worse than yours, I can top yours, nah, I'm not about that. But I did come to God broken, very, very broken. I love smiling now, I love joking around, you know? My girls get tired of my dad jokes, whatever, they won't stop, but if I can laugh, you know, I will. My favorite stuff to watch is probably Three Stooges. Yes, roll your eyes. It's okay. I have the DVD set, you know. If they're on TV, I'm watching them. Whatever. I like watching silly stuff like that, right? And then the word of God says, "Laughter's is good medicine. But when I came to God, I did come very broken. I came full of anger, hatred, and just this burden of depression Upon my life, I had tried suicide several times. Thank God it had never, you know, I never went through with it. Um, And I was done, you know, I was done with this life. It's crazy, like, how close I was that I just, I wanted to end it all. I had a a single shot, 410 in my mouth, ready to pull the trigger. And I remember, I remember, I didn't know the Lord, but I remember hearing this voice. It said, what are you doing? And it... It's that voice that you can't lie to. It's that voice that, like, they know the answer already (laughs) when they're asking you and you're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost, I don't know what I'm doing. And all I heard that voice tell me was that life is not your own. And so I was, like, super puzzled, right? And I go back to the house and, uh, I ended up back here in town, because I was in California. I ended up back here in town, and I started attending Bible studies, and that's when I met Steph. And then I asked her to attend the Bible study with me, and I kind of cringed, right, thinking she was gonna say no or whatever, but she said, yeah, so that was cool. So we started attending Bible studies together, and and, uh, I remember being in that service, October 19th, 20 years ago and the pastor was talking, and he invited people to come up and accept, you know, Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life, and man, I wanted to go so bad. I wanted to walk up there so badly, but I was full of pride and full of all this dumb nonsense, right, and I was crying, and I was trying to wipe my eyes real quick, because I'm a tough guy, and I didn't want anyone in church to see me, you know, and I'm trying to, man, just, just full of nonsense, and Steph grabs my hand, and I almost pulled away from her, but then she's like, do you wanna go up there? Yeah, yeah, I do. And she's like, well, let's go. I was like, okay. But I kept holding onto the chair in front of me and I didn't tell her, but in my mind, in me, I felt like, man, I can't move my feet. Like, I can't move them. I wanna go so bad, but I can't move them. And I just thought that, I had just thought that. And that pastor said, if it feels like your feet are in cement or in stone and you can't move them, break that in the name of Jesus and come up here. And I was like, oh, how? What? Huh? And so I was like, let's go. And so we go walking up. And I remember thinking the whole way up there. I'm like, you got to be real, right? You're real? I mean, and this is me talking to God, right? And I'm like, you're real, right? I mean, how did he just what I thought, what? Huh? And I'm like you know what man I'm tired I'm done if you're real and I pretty much said that come and just save me and I'll do whatever you want I'll serve you the rest of my life however whenever right and I remember that burden all that stuff I had carried around for 25 years with just pain hurt anger depression suicidal thoughts just all that just just lifted in the physical, I I, worked, I walked okay, but in the spiritual, I was crushed. And the Lord just took that instantly that day. And so I can, I can kind of relate to Jonah here, right? Where he's pretty much saying, save me and I'll pay my vows and do my sack. Man, I'll do whatever, God, just save me, right? So I, 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 can, <laughs> I can relate to him here. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So salvation does belong to the Lord, amen, and to the Lord alone, only to God, only to God. Jonah's acknowledging that, right? Jonah knows that God will, will has saved and will save, and here Jonah know, means it personally, He means it personally because he's about to know it personally. He's known it, but he's about to know it again, about to know it again personally. He knows it personally. His triumphant declaration is salvation is of the Lord. Jonah can send this type of prayer because he believes in the prayer. He believes in the one that the prayer is offered up to. The word of God that he has incorporated into his prayer is tested and true. It is prayer believed, this prayer sent, and this brings us to our final point, prayer's accomplishment. Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Not probably the best verse in the whole Bible, right? But it is the word of God. So once Jonah truly repented, remember, God knows our hearts. Once Jonah truly repented, God spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So I've heard some teachers say spit, that the fish spit Jonah out. That's not the case. The word is vomit. It's unsightly or however, you know, not nice to hear. It's vomit. It's not spit. Your goldfish in your fish tank at home, they spit food out. And then they go eat it again. Then they spit it out. And then that's spit. No, this is... The word of God also says, onto the dry land, right? Not in the water. The, me, just being me, I'm a youth pastor, right? Could Jonah swim? I don't know. It's just, I don't know, because he didn't spit him out into the water, right? He didn't vomit him in the water. He threw him out on the land. But anyway, that's just me. But God speaks to his creation, right? And guess what? His creation immediately responds and does the will of the Lord. God spoke to the fish, but the fish did what he was told to do immediately. We must remember we are also a creation and who created us, and that he speaks to us. He wishes to speak to us. He wants to speak to us, and he does speak to us and he commands us. Do we immediately do his will, though? Do we? a question I want to throw out there. Remember, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. For anyone with old school parents, y'all know what I, what I mean there. Clean your room, yeah, I get to. you will get right now, yes, I will, sure. You know, yeah. There was no later, yeah, later. No, no, there was no later. There was no later. There was no later back then. I remember that. I had some old school parents. Yeah. Later. Yeah, no. But the fish, the fish vomited Jonah out. His conveyance of salvation was vomit. Probably not his first choice, but it is God's greater plan that we must trust in in whatever manner that we are saved. The Hebrew word for vomit here is, is ko which means to disgorge, cause to pour out, eject. It, it emptied out its stomach and quite forcibly heaved everything out. It kind of reminds me of the word um, that they used in chapter one, hurl. God hurled a storm at Jonah. And when you look up that word, it's to throw violently. And so it was kind of like, God was that angry with Jonah that he hurled a storm at him. He kind of does it in reverse here, right? Now he the fish hurls him out, hurls him he, it throws him out. But per, perhaps God was showing Jonah or reminding him and all who would read this passage of Leviticus 20:22, 20, "You shall therefore keep all my statutes And all my rules and do them, that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. The word there is the same, ko. It's the same word for vomit in both those scriptures. It's very, very telling just in the word alone. So Jonah didn't know, as we begin to finish up here, Jonah didn't know that his plight would be used as a model for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. But he didn't know that. Of course he wouldn't. How would he? Even if he had been told, hey, Jesus is going to you know, reference you. Yeah, right. Now, yeah, he wouldn't have believed it. He, he could have never known. Even if he would have been told, he wouldn't have believed it. That his plight would have been an example to Christ. Christ would have used it later, right? And so in our hardships, may we trust God that what he is working on through us, Will not only serve to minister to us, but to countless others in ways that we do not, cannot, and probably never will understand till we get to heaven. That's the truth. Stand strong through your trials and, and, and tribulations and everything coming your way. Stand strong and trust in the Lord. Stand upon His word. Because by you standing strong, by you trusting in God, when it looks stupid to do so honestly that right in the language of today when we look like idiots and morons for being believers of the Lord Jesus Christ stand stand because it's going to minister to someone one a hundred whoever but we might never know until we get to heaven we're going to get to heaven someone's going to come up, hey man thanks for being that example and be like who are you who are you Right. Well, we're going to have people like that come up to us. So we'll never know. We'll never know. Amen. We might never know. But the point is, stand strong in the word of God, stand strong in our faith upon the Lord. And so the method or vehicle of salvation may not be the one we would have picked. Right. If I could redo it and you tell me, hey, right, how you should be saved. I wouldn't use my example. But that's what got to me. That's what got me to that point to where I would finally hear God's voice. right? That was my vehicle of salvation. This is Jonah's vehicle of salvation. It's vomit, right? It's a belly of the fish. So our vehicle, our method of salvation may not be the one we would have picked, but it was the one needed to bring us to the realization that we needed saving. Amen? Amen. Let me read that again. The method or vehicle of salvation may not be the one we would have picked, but it was the one needed to bring us to the realization that we needed saving. So may that be our prayer for our lost family members, for our friends, for our co-workers, for those who spite us, for those neighbors who park all over our lawns, for everyone, <laughs> you know, that we would rather turn from and walk the other way like Jonah did with the Ninevites. May that be our prayer for those people, for this lost world. They may hurt us, they may accuse us, they may call us all kinds of stuff. But may this be our prayer, that Lord, however you're gonna reach him, Father, reach him, however you're gonna do it, right? And may we pray his word in our prayers. May we pray according to his will, amen? So in closing, let us take these examples of Jonah's prayer, right? Prayer believed, prayer sent, and prayer's accomplishment. It will accomplish what it set out to do because it's the word of God. When we use the word of God in it, it will accomplish. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you once again, Lord, glorifying you and exalting you, Lord God. Just uh, just glorifying you, Father. Father, we can truly say, Lord God, in unison, Lord God, that salvation is of the Lord, Lord. We can truly acknowledge that and say that, Lord God, with our all. We do thank you, Father God, for this night, for this time. I pray that you guide everyone safely home. I pray that you be with everyone. And just may your word continue to to flourish in us, Lord God, and strengthen us and help us finish off this week. And Father, may we pray, Father God, according to your will. May we pray, Father God, for all those around us, Lord God. Maybe they antagonize us, whatever. But Father, may we love on them with your love. And may we pray for them, Lord God, according to your will. And your will is that you wish to see none lost, Lord, but all saved. And so may that be our prayer. May that be our heart, Father God. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And we ask all this in Jesus' name
0: remember if you need to get more information on the church you can do that at calvarydivine.org god bless